What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Whether you're listening or watching, we're just grateful that you're taking time to hear what the scripture says, what Dan Kimball's got to say about how not to read the Bible. And this chapter has probably been long awaited for many of you. Uh, This this Mm. part, we're talking about the horror of Old Testament violence. Yeah. What do you do and how do you make sense of some of these passages regarding war, um, death, bloodshed, Mm -hmm. these kind of things. So part six, rated NC-17. Um, what do we think, Bobby? Where are we starting? Yeah, starting on page 255. We'll just kind of walk through the chapters again. But honestly, you guys, this is probably one of the chapters I was like really just encouraged to get to because mm-hmm. it's like, man, what do you do? This is yeah. tough, you know? Yeah. And so I'm so glad that Dan, you know, even within his own journey, talks about how he's like, I didn't even really want to write this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like it was difficult for him even. Um, but I, I'm so glad that he did. Yeah. And so we and I'm so glad to process with you guys too. And so he jumps in just kind of talking about how there's, you know, again, the kind of the same thing where there's, there's Bible stories that you might know and that you've heard of, but you yeah. probably <laughs> either don't remember or haven't heard of or yeah. didn't read all yeah. the details. Yeah. And it, the, even children's stories. Like totally. Some of it, like the other day, our kids, I'm not sure if I they're know, watching Superbook or what, but you talk about David and Goliath. <laughs> And so we're kind of at a spot with our family around every meal. We'll read a Bible story. And now we're at a spot where we've read it enough, not that they know everything, but that they can start telling the stories. We're like, hey, tell us a story. Mm. And one of our kids was talking about the story of David and Goliath. (laughs) Like, and and David took the stone and hit Goliath in the head and he died and everyone went nuts. And then he took Goliath's sword and (laughs) cut his head off. And it was crazy. And and I was like, wait. Yeah, yeah, that is in there. But that's omitted from most of the kids' stories. So I'm not sure if they watched it on Superbook or what. Uh, no, I think but we just straight up read it. Yeah, I we, we just told them about it. Yeah. Oh. So well, <laughs> even in the children's Bible stories, yeah. there are parts and elements of, of the stories that we have to address and mm. we have to talk about. Because if we don't, eventually people, whether it's our kids or someone else, are going to go off to college or have a conversation with somebody that totally. is a Christian or not Christian go, what about this part of the Bible? And if we don't address it head on, it can be a real shock to the system Totally, and even undermine your faith. So I think the most loving thing to do is walk right up to some of these passages, yeah. try to make sense of it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I appreciate it. If you have been reading this book you've read, and I feel like you've probably got a good sense of Dan's heart and what he cares about and who he is yeah. on 256, about three quarters of the way down, he says... Here's my encouragement in digging deeper into the verses and studying the violence in the Bible. He says, I have maintained my faith and love in God. And in fact, somewhat ironically, it has been in studying these violent passages that I have come to understand even more of God's great love, Mm. his patience, his compassion. And that's our goal Mm -hmm. in this section. Mm -hmm. So have that in the back of your mind as we attempt Mm -hmm. to talk about a really difficult passage. It is. And so Dan kind of walks through again, like he does in the first chapter chapter of of all of his sections, really like kind of the setup of what was happening or sorry, what is happening now right now today where people are confronted with these questions Mm -hmm. and they don't even, what is something weird with my hair? You're looking at me. Beautiful. (laughs) Hey, it looks great. I love it. You're gorgeous. I look beautiful. You guys, we got to keep it real here with you. (laughs) And so I like that he goes to Jericho and that, because that, that literally is like, 
boom. Like there's one that uh, probably a lot of folks have heard of. Yeah. And you either know the song he's talking about or, yep. you know, like some kind of picture. And so obviously, you know, we're not going to tell we're not going to talk to our six, four, two, one year old mm. about you know, in detail about all this stuff. Not yet. Yeah. It, it, not yet. Exactly. But, um, but really how like those watered down stories, then as we grow into adulthood, don't, yeah. they don't get the details. And For so sure. then that's why there's confusion. When I was a kid, my little sister, Kim, what uh, would always sing the song. And she thought it was Joshua fought the battle of cherry Coke. <laughs> Josh fought the battle of Cherry Coke. I didn't know that. Jer- yeah. Oh, so whenever I hear Jericho, I still think of you, Kimmy and Cherry Coke. Um, I love that. (laughs) Flip into 261. Yeah. I love on the bottom, again, Mm -hmm. a point of clarity. He says, just because something evil is mentioned in the Bible does not mean that God approves of it. Yeah. uh, The action or that the Bible is positive about this behavior. We talked about the handling of women, the handling of slaves, uh, rape, and Mm -hmm. all these these hard things Mm -hmm. earlier in the book. Just because it's there does not mean that God is saying, yes, this is my will. I want you to do this. Please go. Um, and many of the acts of violence in the Bible are, in fact, like human to human. Sure. And it's part of the culture. It's how they make sense. It's how they live. It's how they gain yep. territory. It's how they, it's how they don't die, in a yeah. lot of it. And mm-hmm. so, again, in this passage, you see God meeting people in the midst of their mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So Dan kind of breaks down at the end of the chapter there, chapter sixteen. So mm-hmm. here's kind of where we're going. Was God committing genocide um, when He ordered these things? What about the babies? And why does the Old Testament God seem? This is, I think, the main one here yeah. that we run into a lot. Is why does the Old Testament, you know, God seem so different from the New Testament Jesus? Yeah. And, and a point of clarity as we start to unpack this, flip into the next chapter is. Um, even Christians, I heard this in a group I was in a while back, like the Old Testament God, and then there's the New Testament God, as yeah, if there's like two, two different gods. And no. and that's actually incorrect. Yeah. And it's one God, Father, mm. Son, Spirit from creation, same today. And he's revealed himself to us. And obviously the most clear point in Jesus Christ, Yeah. same God. Mm-hmm. And it's God has fulfilled all these prophecies and mm-hmm. given us great detail as to who he is what he's about, what he loves, what he doesn't love. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads us into the next chapter where it's titled The God of Compassion, Slow to Anger, and Forgiving. Mm-hmm. So in this, I appreciate Dan on page 264, 265, kind of addresses some of the popular ways people yep. try to make sense of the Old Testament violence. Yep. And so the first one is the no apology approach. Yeah. It's a very famous pastor. I think many people like in our, our church networks and circles are familiar with, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to use his name, but it's more of like God's God. He can do whatever the heck he wants and no questions asked. Yeah. And yeah, God is God. And yes, God can do whatever he wants. But the way in which you handle some of these passages, that's not always helpful. Sure. You know? Yeah. I like that Dan says at the end of that, he said that I just believe that we can, we can go deeper than God can do whatever he wants. And so there are some things that's kind of like, man, let's just settle that in our spirit because that's really mysterious. And and you know what? I'm a finite being and this is an infinite God. So I'm going to settle that because I I can't really make sense of it. Mm -hmm. But I do, I love Dan's diligence with the word of God because Dan would say, you know, it's not like, let's not shy away from questioning. Let's not say that we are questioning the authority of God. We're saying we're honoring God yes, by, by looking saying, and we're saying, we're trying to make sense of God, this who and, are you? Yeah. And so I kind of feel like this is just like a, the bandaid answer of like, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's acceptable, you know, for and, sure. If and you, lazy. 
And also, let's go deeper. Yeah, And so I appreciate that. And then the flip side of the coin is the Bible is long. (laughs) You guys. Like, it makes you uncomfortable. So you're like, oh, you know, that shouldn't have been in there. Or maybe the author just miswrote. Which is, yeah. And you hear that as well. But that one's very dangerous because Mm -hmm. that then, um, the temptation is to give God an out because we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the problem that comes from that then is that truth becomes relative and we then get to decide like a buffet what part of the Bibles we apply to our life and which yeah. part of the Bibles we don't. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people lose sight of the gospel, mm. Jesus Christ, of God's desire, orthodoxy, and it just splinters off to many other heresies and yeah. issues. And so mm-hmm. on 266, he, he talks about how Marcion was a heretic back in the day and how he kind of believed that. He, he said, we mm. still see forms of Marcion's beliefs today. People may not actually erase or remove parts of the Bible, but we see sections of the Bible being reclassified and treated differently yep. from the God-inspired parts. And, you know, mm-hmm. if we do that, then how are you supposed to trust the Bible? When Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, we're talking about the claims from last podcast, how do you know that's for sure? How do you know that you get to... <laughs> Accept that part of the Bible, but not another. Well, I mean, even yeah, and then we could, you know, we could talk about this for the whole podcast plus fifty years. But I love what Dan says before that when he says, "Since Jesus believed all this is recorded in the Old Testament, I'm going to believe that it was too, and that there's there's something to this." And so, because that's the thing, you know, even if we want to get rid of the Bible and the Bible's authority and what the Bible says, you know, we want to hang on to Jesus though. We want to hang on to that guy for sure. Well, what did Jesus do with all that? Oh yeah, he held it and revered it, and so it's kind of like, okay, bud, we need to, and not not only like the fun parts, but like really difficult All parts. of it. Jonah and the Ninevites. All of it, yep. And we talk about what Nineveh was like. And he talks about up, some of yeah. the stuff from the Psalms and from Deuteronomy and Numbers mm-hmm. and what was happening there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on 268, he had just calls a spade a spade and says, mm-hmm. Jesus talks about heaven and hell more than anybody else in the Bible. Yeah, and, so and, he's kind of making the point here. It's, it's not just, you know, New Test, Old Testament, New Testament gods. So yeah, he's saying, well, actually, Jesus is... Yes, yeah. and that's like, an important part to know, especially if you're just more of a red-letter person that just wants to focus on what Jesus said and mm-hmm, nothing else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, Bobby, you want to talk to us about on 270? This is one of your favorite parts of Scripture. It I is, like. you guys, yeah. Why? Why is it one of your favorite parts well, of Scripture? Well, it's just, I love it that Dan put God pinned this tweet because, you know, Jesus refers back to Exodus 34 as well, and it's in the Psalms too. But this, you guys, speaks to me because this is one of the first times, maybe the first time ever, that this, what's happening in these verses in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, is God identifying who he is. Essentially, God is speaking for himself. Yes. So this, you know, we've heard descriptions from Moses and we've heard descriptions from Abraham or um, from Aaron, from Miriam, from all yeah. the, from folks. This is literally, I think, um, before these verses, it says that the spirit passed in front of Moses mm-hmm. on the mountaintop and God spoke for himself. Yeah. And he said, I am slow to anger. I am compassionate. And I'm surprised Dan doesn't go here. It says he's maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion of sin. And then at the verses after that actually talks about how, how God holds um, them accountable to generations. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. Jen, uh, Dan didn't go there. Anyway, the reason I love that is because this is 
Yahweh telling us straight from his own mouth, yeah. there is no confusion. This is who I am. Yeah. And so my it's- my heart looks like. This is my nature, yes. my desire, my will. So while you are seeing things and interpreting things in your own way with your own brain as best as you can, here is the truth. Yeah. And so let's come back to that. And the Bible does many mm-hmm. times. And, and I have in my own life too, when things you know don't make sense. God is patient again mm-hmm. and again. And God wants everyone to know something very important oh, about himself. Oh, golly. So patient. So then yes. you flip the scene. He kind of gives you the scary Mary Poppins. Dun, I appreciate dun, dun, dun. it. I know. Because when you just look at one passage of the Bible or one verse, and we've talked about that in other podcasts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how unfair is that to, yep. you know, even if you looked at someone's like a sermon or talk and you just pull one line out of it yep. and you tweet it and repost it, I mean, you can make me look like a heretic or yeah. some false teacher, some terrible things or, but you have to look at it within the context of it. And so mm-hmm. here he gives that analogy of people, the kid gets thrown to the closet, some kid gets tossed down the stairs. You think, it's, is this paranormal <laughs> activity 12 or, oh, wait, no, it's Mary Poppins. Cool. Scary Mary. And it's unfair to take things out of context. So now totally. let's try to make sense of this. And that's the title of the next chapter, Making Sense of the Text of Terror. What do we do with this? And so hmm. I'm looking at 275, and here's what I want to invite you to do if you're listening. We read the Bible and we look at this, you know, scripturally, we're reading this on our phone or in our Bible, but you have to try to put yourself in the context of why it was written and what was happening at that time. Yeah. So Dan's famous line that he's given us throughout the book is mm-hmm. the Bible was not written to you, but it was written for you. Mm-hmm. So what I'm holding on to as well as I try to make sense of some of these passages, and it's very difficult at times, is... You, we have a spiritual realm interacting with our earthly realm. Sure. To great degree. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes I forget that. We forget that. Totally. That it's not just human being versus human being. Mm -hmm. It's actually God versus demonic. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. spirit versus spirit interacting with human versus human. It's like those Venn diagrams. They have these two realms intersecting. Yeah. And, and you have to remember that. And so... What's happening behind the war and behind mm-hmm. the violence and the human to human is is God fighting the kingdom of this world. Mm-hmm. God against Satan, God against demons, God against other authorities, principalities, and spirits that don't love him, that don't want us to have a relationship don't with you. Him. Yeah. Yeah, that don't care about <clears throat> you. That's good. Dan touches on that a little bit when he talks about the sons of God. So maybe you guys have have read that. He's mentioned it a couple different mm-hmm. times, but it's going to come up again in this chapter. Yeah. And so one of the things, um, one of the places that Dan goes right away is the top of 275 when he yeah. just says, um, most of the violent Bible verses regarding God sending Israel into battles are from a limited time period in biblical history and are not found throughout the entire Old Testament. Why I love that is because, you know, we will take a verse or we will take something and we will run with it and we will lump a bunch of things together and then, oh, well, this is just who it is. This is who he is and this is what was happening. Where, no, that was a specific time period with a specific people. And so that's just an important thing to know, I felt like going into it. And so he fleshes it out and he's talking about um, Mm -hmm. kind of like what's actually going on. And so if we, if we, are we going to break this down? Let's do it. Yeah. So God's talking to specifically where the Israelites were moving in to take territory yeah. or to, well, let's reframe it a little bit because they are going in to bring the presence of God. They're not going in just to, you know, um, 
demolish and build their houses because they want the land. They have good soil and can make great corn. Exactly. Yeah. They're going because number one, this is the land that God has promised them. So it's, mm-hmm. it is already theirs. Yeah. And then they're coming not yeah. in their own power, but they're coming with Yahweh, with the power of God for his presence to be able to dwell among them. And that strategically, that area of land is a bridge to many other parts of the world. That was so interesting to learn. I so actually didn't know that. So you're thinking like a chess yes. match here. God is saying that's a really important land that I've claimed for myself because mm-hmm. in thousands of years later, you're going to be able to get to Asia Minor. You're totally. going to be able to get Everywhere. to Europe. You're going to be able to get to Africa mm-hmm. from that place. And ultimately the message of the gospel is going to be spoken mm-hmm. and told and mm-hmm. people's lives are going to be changed, not only now, but for eternity. Yes. Another important part on 276 into 277 is that these battles were not based, based on ethnicity. So therefore totally. it's not genocide. So yeah. if someone claims that it's... Like ethnic cleansing. It's not ethnic cleansing actually. Yeah. And really Israel wasn't chosen because they were so awesome. At all. It was the opposite. <laughs> God chose his people. Be, and he says like, you're the, the dumbest. The least of these, the weakest. It's like, oh, good. There's hope for me. You know, it's like, great. That's how God oftentimes works. And then so when you're looking at Canaan specifically, Mm. reading this part of the book really make your stomach turn over. It does. So God wants this land for his people so that people can flourish, be blessed and thrive. Mm -hmm. And he gave the Canaanites not one year, not five years to repent. Yeah. Not even a century. Mm-hmm. 400 years mm-hmm. to repent. Yeah, that's like a line that we read. We'll kind of skim over. And we're yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh, 400, 400 years. years they're in Egypt. Like, oh, wait, holy like, cow. Talk about patience. Yeah, I mean, literally think about in your life, what makes you frustrated and what forces you to be patient? And when are you impatient? Oh, yeah, when they, when they say this or when my kid leaves his shoes by the door or <laughs> when this person takes over the group and talks for 30 minutes, like, we're talking 400 years. And it's wild. And it's not just people being annoying. And it's like a just, like a really righteous. Yes. Yeah. We're not talking about people just like annoying you or, or, mm. or doing something silly to somebody else or yeah, eating all the food or hogging the TV remote. We're talking about people doing some of those, the most wicked and vile and heinous things that, that are imaginable. Yeah. That's where he goes. So for 400 mm-hmm. years, guys, patient mm-hmm. and Israel's there. Hey, can we invite these people to be different, to look like us? Mm. And so breaking it down, like what were the Canaanites doing? These are the people that Israel goes to war with. What's happening? I don't know. It's when really God awful, sends, you guys. Destroy them. Yeah. 277, so. it's talking about how the Canaanites were involved in evil worship practices. Mm. They had several gods among them. One, probably the worst, was named Molech. And this is how they would worship him. He was a Canaanite underworld deity represented as an upright bullheaded idol with a human body whose belly was a a fire was stoked and whose arms, the Mm -hmm. child babies up to four years old were placed on them to die. They offered child sacrifice. Yeah. So, I mean, he continues to talk about how during these things, you know, that's why there was always like drums and flutes playing and stuff, because then it would overbear the sound of them hearing them cry. So there's like always noise. I don't want to go too deep and and dark, but just think about that for a minute. Like how horrible Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. If you have kids or nieces and nephews or any any little person you love, Mm -hmm. imagine that. Not only one time, but for 400 years. Like that. Continuing on. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes in the Old Testament, you read you read about Baal and Ashtoreth poles. Yep. Fer- okay. Fertility yep. cults, sexual yep. prostitution. Again, mm-hmm. children are being taken advantage of. Yep. There are all kinds of sexual practices. 
between men and men, women and women, man and women, woman and men. Mm-hmm. It's just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people are harming other people. People are being forced to do things that they don't want. Yeah, Dan makes a point here where he says, you know, people, because here's a, like that, we're crying out, like, please do something, you know, and yeah. you know, people are like, they get frustrated with God for like not ending suffering today. And well, we yeah. see God ending suffering and, and we're mad about that because yeah. we see God going in and yeah. wiping it out. And there's bestiality, yeah. people with animals, forgot that fun fact. Oh, like, man. Man. So not only again for a day or a week or months, you're talking hundreds of yeah. years, God has been yep. patient mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and invited people to come back. And so as you look at this, again, this is not just human being Israelites versus human being Canaanites. Canaanites. This yeah. is the living true God who wants his creation, people made in his image to flourish. And instead his babies are being killed. Yep. His children are being killed. Yep. His his daughters are being harmed. Yep. His sons are being harmed and doing a lot of harming. And so God's heart is breaking. Again, not this is not a one time deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the and in the supernatural here, we see like you know, no, I am the one true God. Like you and your false idols, you you know, you and this demon that we're worshiping here. Like yeah, no, Malek or whoever it it's is. not the way. Yeah. and so that's like in the supernatural too. That's mm-hmm. kind of what's happening. Is like really, it's God warring against these fallen you know, demonic figures that people have decided to worship. And so I love where Dan says, like, there's so many levels of, you know, the supernatural and warfare happening here. And he kind of, this is, he mentions it a couple of times. He talks about spiritual surgery and how really at the end of 79, 279, he says that God knew that this evil was like cancer. If it was not completely removed, it would eventually multiply and spread taking over the hearts and minds of the chosen people. Yeah. And so... And we, and we, and we say that sensitively because <clears throat> many of you listening have probably been affected by cancer or mm-hmm. something like that. But if you... Scientifically, like you said, if you don't get all the cells out... Yeah, you understand the physiology if you have walked through it that this, um, you know, deadly disease is one that will continue to grow and, and multiply rapidly. And... Um, that's what God's heart is in this saying, like, I don't want that. I don't mm-hmm. want that for you going through this. I don't want that for my, my children who yeah. are going through this with the analogy here. Yeah. Um, so um, 280, it talks about how yeah. the sin of the Amorites had not yet reached his full measure. That's why God was being patient for four generations, 400 years. Mm, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure people at that time were going, where are you, God? Exactly. And mm-hmm. then 282 up top is another passage from Ezekiel, similar to like your favorite from Exodus. Mm. It says, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Right. Why will you die, people of Israel? And then he states, if someone mm. who is wicked repents, that person's former wickedness will not bring condemnation. None mm. of the sins of that person have uh, they've committed will be remembered. Mm. And so already there's seeds of gospel truth there where God is so yep. gracious and forgiving. Mm-hmm. And the point there is that there there yeah. uh, there is warning of judgment before judgment. Yes, like that there is there is an invitation. There is no. you know the nature of God is on display. Um, before the, you know, wrath breaks out, it's on display in like the invitation for forgiveness. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think then I keep going to 284, 285. Yeah. Dan gives some um, examples of the language being used. It's like a war totally. cry, like before a, b- a basketball game. So we're going to wipe them out. We're going to take them out. 
and and he gives some examples where in the midst of this mess that actually yeah. was more a literal uh, a literacy uh, a linguistic use of words to like make a point yeah even though that kind of like reality wiping out in yeah. reality didn't actually occur the mm. way that many of us picture in our mind yeah the part that that comes to my mind in the Bible is actually King Saul when this is kind of on the other side of the coin where I, I live in attention here. King Saul was mm. told to, to defeat King Agag because they were doing horrible, evil things as well. Mm -hmm. King Saul disobeys God and does not take out King Agag. Mm -hmm. What happens at the time, you're like, King Saul was trying to be kind of merciful. Sure. Great. It wasn't until years later, go right. to the story of Esther. Mm -hmm. There's a man named Haman the Agagite. Right who was trying to kill all of God's people. Mm -hmm. And the Agagite survived like because a cancerous cell yes. because King Saul was disobedient to God. Yep. And some of God's people were threatened and almost eliminated, hurt, killed again. And so then, yeah, what you see in that is still God working, you know, through in the midst of that and in the midst of disobedience with Esther. Yeah. But it's like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So then next couple of pages, he talks about, Kind of the poetic and the the, the use of words when mm. it comes, to especially the Psalms and dashing babies on the rocks. I gotta cough. What, <laughs> please cough. There you go. Um, <coughs> what kind tickle. of what kind of points were trying to be made? And so with this, I just want to say too. I mean, it's just, these are hard <laughs> passages to get your head around. <coughs> You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what happened. That's okay. Oh, you guys. Um, for sure. Trying to get your head around this, and even like the fact, even talking about like the wickedness of people. It still is like, this is yeah. still messy and not fun to discuss, and it's hard to get your head around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, at the end, there's a quote from Tim Keller that I really hold on to and like, and I'm on page 291 looking at the summary points of this whole chapter. Hmm. And what he says is the narrative of lo the narrative of logic in all of the scriptures, all of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, talking about one God, hmm. is all fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus forbids violence and does not want the sword to be used in his name. He basically says again, like he brought up, I think last podcast, drop your sword and let God be the judge. Jesus right. is the ultimate judge. He's the mm. perfect Gideon. He's the perfect Samson. And even at the terrible ending of judges where a man gives up his spouse to death so that he can save himself, he says, I can't think of Jesus, our true husband, husband to us, the bride, the church, yeah. who gave himself up to death for mm -hmm. us that we could live. And so yeah, there's stuff in there. It's hard to understand, but I trust that God's good. Mm. Trust that the Bible's legit because of how Jesus handled it. We're going to talk about that next week. Yeah. And with it, it doesn't make it easy to always swallow and understand, but we tried our best <laughs> looking at the scriptures and yeah. trying to understand what's really happening then mm -hmm. in the earthly realm and in the spirit realm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, was, what was going on. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think that it's just a kind of, I'll echo what we said at the very beginning. And so I think that we honor the Lord and how we um, study the scriptures and how yeah. we don't just kind of write things off. And, but actually how we're saying, God, we want to know you more. Mm -hmm. We want to understand things that we are difficult for under, us to understand because we have a heart for you. Yeah. And so God's going to honor that and meet us in this, for just sure. like he did in this section. So you guys, we have one more section left. Yeah. We're going to talk about, um, really how did Jesus handle a lot of these tough things um, and just the Bible in general. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a gift for our last session. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you one more time. God, God bless, bless you. you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.